Today, we're talking about money, money in relationships, in the romantic relationship specifically, as this is the Relationship Revival Show. Why is money often cited as the number one thing that breaks couples up? And there are many reasons for this, many, many reasons. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to avoid this pitfall in a relationship so that you don't have to deal with this enormous amount of stress and struggle that comes from financial arguments in your relationship. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Money. Money is a incredible driving force in today's world. I don't think that there's a sense of idol worship like there used to be when you read about them in biblical times. But if there was, or I should say not if there was, but the closest thing I can think of to idol worship is the goal of becoming ultra rich. And money has the... <laughs> ability to drive people to do insane things both in and out of a romantic relationship. And it is often something that comes up in private sessions. It's something couples fight about and in fact can be one of the main reasons that people break up, separate, divorce. And why is that? Why does money have this power over us? What does it have to do with falling in love? You know, people often view love as completely independent of any kind of finances. And it's true, you fall in love without really thinking too much about money, unless, of course, you're a gold digger, in which case, better luck to you. I don't really understand, you know, how that works on an emotional level. Logically, I, I get it. But, but if you're a normal person and you fall in love, you fall in love with someone's character... The finances are not something that comes up usually in the first couple of days. And that's when you start falling in love is, right? You know, those first few dates, the first couple months of a relationship where the magic is flying, nobody cares about cash. So why is it why is it that it becomes such a strain and such a cause for fights and separation and aggravation in a relationship? I'm going to go over a few different things. I'm going to go over a few different reasons why money has such a hold over people's romance uh, because there's often different versions of this. There's different reasons. It's not so cut and dry. It's not that, you know, money just causes people to fight. There's a reason behind it. So the first reason is that people don't value each other's contributions to the relationship as equal. It's very rare exceedingly rare that both people make the same amount of money in a relationship. Sometimes there's a main bread earner and the other person is a stay-at-home mom or dad. But often in today's society, you have a two-income household. And when you have a two-income household, one person 
very, very often, more often than not, will be earning less, usually significantly less, than the other partner. And when somebody is earning less in the relationship, usually what happens is they take care of other matters in the relationship with the time that they have. You know, they will tend to the children or they'll do the household chores or they'll, or they'll do some organization on other fronts. And it's simply not viewed by the other partner often as that valuable. And so they bring home the money and they say, well, I pay for everything, you know, and, and I've even, I hate to say, I hate admitting this, but I've, I've even heard couples in a relationship where the, where the wife says, uh, in, the, in a case of like a stay-at-home mom, I do all the cooking, I do all the cleaning, I watch all the kids. And the husband, who's a successful businessman of some sort, says, I could hire a housekeeper for all that. Very sad. Now, is the person right, technically speaking? Could you hire a nanny and a chef and a maid? Yes, of course you could. Will it be done to the same level of scrutiny? Well, it depends. I mean, if you if you hire the world's best nanny, chances are, you know, the or excuse me, best housekeeper, chances are the house is going to be even more clean than if you if if his wife did it. But the idea is that this is what this woman had to bring to the relationship, and this is her role in the relationship, and his role is to provide the money for all of that and and he's just devaluing it which is you know it's it, it kind of makes a very imbalanced shift because the truth is in a, in a case like that especially the couple like that where the guy is callous enough to say i can replace you with you know three individual vendors there's obviously an emotional component to the relationship that the other person is bringing that neither of them is bringing up. Neither of them is discussing. You know, the heart and soul of the relationship with that couple was almost completely with the wife. Yes, he paid for everything. Yes, he he was very successful. And yes, he could have made the house, you know, totally clean with with housekeepers and not needed her to do that but the idea that they're you know the, the passion in their relationship the generosity the care the communication all fell on her shoulders and there's something to be said for that i mean that's the heart and soul of the relationship is how well you're able to grow that friendship that intimacy and he contributed absolutely zero to it for years which is how they ended up with me so the contributions are not are not viewed as equal by one or both parties. And by the way, this often um, happens where the partner who's not contributing as much feels guilty or feels inept. And they say, I don't know what to do. You know, they contribute everything and I, I just feel like I'm not bringing anything to the table. And they also value money more than the relationship, in a way, because they're like, well, if, I, if I'm not contributing financially, what am I bringing to the table? And the truth is there's, there's this ethereal quality of communication, intimacy, passion, friendship that has real value. If you went bankrupt tomorrow and you guys were on the street together, would you be able to power through it together or would you look at each other and just constantly blame one another? The answer to that question might let you know where your actual strength is 
in the relationship? Who would be the one to say, we'll make it through this together, don't worry, we have each other? That person usually represents the one that takes charge of the emotional health of the couple. And that has real, real value. And the proof is people pay therapists a lot of money to get that sense of intimacy and friendship back into the relationship. It has a tangible, quantifiable value. Another reason money has a hold over people is because people have different values. So not just that they're not viewed as equal contributions, but there's actually different values. And oftentimes money goes where the values are. A classic example is how you spend the money on vacation or the ex- the excess money, I should say. So whether you put it towards savings or whether you spend it on a vacation or you splurge on a nicer car versus saving it and buying a more modest car, that sense of values when they're not in line when the two partners aren't in line and ha- are in lockstep on the sense of priorities, money can cause a real rift. I had a couple where one of the partners was very insistent on the children going to private school. And the other was very insistent that they shouldn't because they didn't value a private school education. They were doing quite well in business. They went to public school They weren't a very religious person, so they didn't see the need. And the expense was pretty high. They had a few kids, and it was, in fact, more than their mortgage. And that difference in values really is something that should have been discussed before they ever got married. But now that it's come up, and they have kids, and it's something you have to deal with. So this difference in values can be a real thing. And this is where sometimes you'll find a deal breaker. If if someone's values are so radically different than your own and you want to spend money in all these different ways than they do and it's going to be a constant fight, those are two character differences that will likely never change. So in an extreme example, if you are part of a Uh, I'll use the religious one again. If you're part of a a religion where they constantly ask for money and they don't limit it to 10%, there are some religions that kind of squeeze you a little more. I'm not going to name any names, but you you could probably figure it out. And if you're fervent about your faith and you want to give it to whatever organization this is and the other person thinks that it's all hogwash, that's probably going to end in divorce if you can't get on the same page or at least find some kind of middle ground. Because that is uh, that is a very, very difficult thing to wrestle with. But there are other things, different values, like where you spend your vacations, where you want to live. A lot of that can be talked about. But values are inherent in somebody's character. And when it comes to fights in a relationship, uh, you know, the Gottman method always talks about it. I talk about it all the time. There's two kinds of problems. There's permanent problems and there's temporary problems. There's problems you can fix, problems you can't. Those are the only two problems that exist in a marriage. And problems you can fix are isolated incidents. 
you know, if, if the person doesn't uh, leave the toilet seat down and the kind of stupidly simple example, that's a, that's a fixable problem. That's not a part of their character. That's a bad habit. They can break it. It's, they're not doing it because of their value or belief system. It's just a stupid habit. If someone holds the value that donating a certain amount of money is important on a spiritual level and the other person doesn't share that value, those are differences in character. And differences in character make up about 70% of the fights that couples have. And there has to be a certain amount of acceptance of who the person is. The problem with differences in character when they're related to values that actually cost money is that you have shared resources. So even other than religious, let's say someone has a passion for skiing. Skiing is an expensive sport. And there are even more expensive sports like yachting. And if if you're the kind of couple where you don't have so much excess funds that you won't miss the money for the ski lift tickets and all the equipment and the travel costs to get to the mountain and your other person your other partner says, "Well, if I can't ski, I'm not happy and I don't want to be in this relationship. It's a deal breaker." That's a problem. That's a real tangible problem. And you need to explore that and ask yourself, can I actually, you know, can I sacrifice my own values for my partners? If the answer is no and you guys are at a standstill, that's where you might need to actually seek some professional help. Another reason that money uh, causes issues in a relationship, this is the third reason, is that oftentimes people who who earn their money uh, will lie or have secrets about how they spend it. And these, and it, the reasons for this are, are, are varied, but generally speaking, people lie about how they spend their money because they're embarrassed or because the other person doesn't approve of the way that money is spent because there's a different value system. Now, it doesn't have to be something as extreme as private school versus public school or buying a yacht versus not. It could be something as simple as where you spend money on lunch, how much you spend on lunch. If you're on a tight budget in a couple and one person is doing meal prep and spends, you know, an average of $2 or $3 preparing their lunches for the week and they eat at their desk and the other person is in a sales job and their average amount of money they spend on lunch is $20, that's a point of contention. And the other partner might actually hide that. It's very often for people to hide those small expenditures from their partner because they know they won't approve of it. And so they'll lie and hide these things because in their mind, it's easier to just not tell them about it, not make them aware of it, and just spend the money and deal with the consequences later if they ever find out. And if the if their partner isn't the type to check credit card receipts, chances are there's a very good chance it'll never be caught. So they've gotten into, the, into this pattern of having kind of a secret little stash of what they use the money for. And in fact, this is uh, something where they'll put money aside. I've seen couples that actually create other bank accounts. 
another reason people have these secrets or lies is because they feel it goes back to the first issue where they don't value the contribution their partner's bringing into the relationship. They feel like they've earned the right to have their own finances to do with as they please and oftentimes will make an entirely separate bank account that the partner has zero access to, zero knowledge of, and they'll use it with whatever they want. And that's a sign that there's very little trust in the marriage, trust in the relationship. If it's done in an extreme fashion where you're putting most of your money in that bank account and your your partner kind of has to struggle, maybe get on food stamps or something like that, and, and you end up divorced or separated, that really can be considered financial abuse. So it can it can get to a point where it's pretty extreme. But, you know, the re- the reason that those lies exist is a difference of value, a difference of an opinion of what is, you know, what is considered an equal contribution. So you start lying, you start, you know, <laughs> keeping these secrets from your partner, and it's a pretty toxic situation. Similarly, uh, some people, especially if they come from either a family where uh, where their parents, one had kind of control over the other, or they come from past relationships where they felt completely at uh, the mercy of their partner, having access to their own funds creates a sense of independence. So that would be the fourth reason that money causes issues is that if someone has that trauma in their past and they need their own finances to have this sense of independence uh, as kind of a self-defense mechanism or a survival mechanism that they've developed over their trauma, that can cause friction because the other person in a relationship like that typically won't have that separate bank account because they don't feel like they need that sense of independence. Maybe they have a family who's always supported them financially. Maybe they have an outlook of the world that if something bad happens, they'll figure it out. But that kind of lack of survival tactic versus the need for that survival tactic in a couple can cause a lot of friction, especially when one couple, one partner puts that money aside, and there really isn't enough left over for the other partner to have an equal bank account. Because that, you know, you have this sense of like, well, this person's put aside, I don't know, $10,000, $20,000 aside in case I decide to walk out the door. But if I walk out the door, I'm screwed. I don't have that piggy bank. And so that sense of, well, now by you trying to feel like you have the independence, I feel even more trapped than usual. So there is a, a an issue that can arise there. Now, the ideal situation, the ideal way to kind of approach finances, in my opinion, is to have a shared bank account, first of all, and to have one person in the relationship manage finances. In order to do this, you have to have a couple things in place. It is not something that you could just decide one day like, okay, you know, flip a coin, I'll handle the finances and, you know, we'll share everything and don't worry about it. That does it doesn't work if you have that approach. First of all, you need to have a conversation about your values, your religious values, where you want to live, how you want to retire, 
What kind of vacations are important to you? What kind of money, what kind of luxurious items would you buy first if you had excess cash? If you know your basic needs were met, these are all com- these are all things you need to talk about. The discussion about money in your relationship is huge, especially if you're coming into a relationship with money. It's incredibly important. There's a, an attorney I interviewed on on this show, Raymond Heckmat, where his prenuptial process, most of it is about money, because that causes so much friction. So you have to have this conversation. If you weren't fortunate enough to have it before you were married and you're not yet divorced, have it now. Don't wait until you go see an attorney and things are looking pretty grim. Have it now. Talk about it now. If you have a separate secret bank account, consider telling your partner about it. Coming clean. Saying that, you know, apologizing, saying I want to be on the same page. And the reason I'm telling you to do this is because when, this is the, this is the carrot, right? This is what I'm going to dangle in front of you to kind of get you excited. Because, you know, if, if you're the kind of person who has a secret bank account or, or spends the money however you want, it's going to sound like, well, why the hell would I give this up, right? I mean, there's no, there's no reason for you to. So let me explain. If you have a relationship where the more responsible person with the money, the person who doesn't spend on frivolous things, the person who knows how to save, who's conscientious about the way the money gets spent, if that person runs the bills and you, and the other person accepts that they're making the right choice and all the money goes into a shared account, the benefit of this is you never fight about money. If there's complete transparency and one person is responsible and you have an open and candid conversation about your finances on a regular le- on a regular time frame maybe once a week once a month once every few months about how your job is performing how much money you have expenses that come up if there's a sense of teamwork where one person is in charge of taking care of paying all the bills and making sure things are are in order and the other person just contributes to the fun you will literally never or almost never have fights about money. The only time it'll come up is if new things come up. You know, things like down the line, your children are getting married. How much do you want to actually contribute to the wedding? Those are those are life changes things, but not things that come up all the time. So that's the benefit. And can you imagine, you know, one of the things that most couples fight about so aggressively that they break up is just taken off the table? Can you imagine for a moment how liberating that is if you never, ever fought about money? The only way I've seen to accomplish this is either you're so rich that you doesn't it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> if you have a separate bank account because all your needs are met to an extreme. You know, if you're making seven, eight figures a year, who cares, right? But if you're like most mortals and you're, you know, there's there are some months that are a little bit tighter than others. The only other way I've seen it work is if one person is just in charge of the finances. There's complete transparency. There's no secret bank accounts. And that's the only way I've actually seen it work. In summary, money is something that can and does cause a lot of separation, a lot of breakups, a lot of divorce. And it is almost always 
because of a character difference, either a difference in values and a difference in the way you look at money. And it, almost all of them can be solved if there's a little bit of transparency and communication early in the relationship. And if it's, and, and by the way, if you're not divorced, it's not too late. There are ways to, there are ways to make it work. But if you communicate your vision and your approach to money, you can literally make it a non-issue in your relationship. It takes some discipline. It takes some guidance. Sometimes it takes a neutral third party like a therapist or a financial advisor to really lay the cards out on the table and have an open, honest, candid conversation about your lifestyle. But it can be done and really it should be done. It's one of the things I talk about in premarital counseling a lot. The way you earmark funds, the the vision you have for your retirement, the vision you have for how you spend your vacation time. These are big questions that cause a lot of fighting that just simply don't need to exist. If you get on the same page through a good conversation with a neutral third party, these are just non-issues. You get to work on the other parts of your relationship that are much more important than something as boring and trivial as cash. If you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships, then you're in luck because I have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will, about three secrets that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. Enjoy.